I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. You peel back some layers here, and you just, you just got to start realizing it. Um, this is just who the Knicks are. You know, they're just not good enough. You know, and, and we have to... Like, we have to accept that, I guess. You know, because they are really better than they were last year. But right now, they just simply don't have the talent. To take on the Nets and to take on those top Eastern Conference teams. Right? Right now we're, and I'm not saying this as a bad thing, right now we're pretenders. Right? We, we, we're an average 500 team. We are exactly that. We are pretenders. We beat the teams that are 500 and below. And we struggle against the teams that are well above that mark. You know, the top four teams in the East, the top teams in the West. We have difficulties beating. That's who the Knicks are. And that's who they're going to be until they get some more talent on this roster. That's who they are. They just, they, they, they play them well every single time. They play this Nets team well. But it always comes down to those final couple of possessions. That final possession where they just simply, they were they didn't have it. And you watch all these four games, they, four games now? I think that was the final one. It might have been three. But you watch these games against the Nets, and it's just, they're just that one step ahead because they have more talent than us. You know, I'm not hating. You go back on the schedule and you look. Look at the teams the Knicks have beat. Look at the teams the Knicks have lost to. That's how it's been working. That's exactly how it's worked. It's unfortunate, but... They're going to beat the bad teams. They're going to lose to the good teams. Right? And the unfortunate part about all of this is, you know, normally things like that, you could still sneak your way into the playoffs. But as I've said, as soon as I saw, you know, it was a couple days before the break. As soon as I saw that second half schedule, when they released it a couple days before All-Star uh, break, I said to myself, hmm, you know, if they make the playoffs... They will have earned the shit out of it. And I I, I kind of said, I don't think... I wouldn't be shocked if they missed the postseason. I'm not saying they are going to, but I am... I, You know, I hear people talking about, oh, I don't want to get the playing game. Let's try to get a higher seat. Guys, I just want to make it first and foremost. Because it's not a lock. We've got... um, A lot of these teams coming up. You know, it's not going to be like the first half where, where we um, <clears throat> have all these bottom feeders. No. The schedule coming up is, is Armageddon. You've got a lot more of these tough teams left. You know? And even some of the teams that aren't 
looking good standings-wise, the Boston Celtics, who come up on Wednesday, it's still the Boston Celtics, and they still have better talent than us, more talent than us. There's still a bad matchup for the Knicks. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not exactly all, all about trying to avoid the playing game. I want to, if we get to the playing game, I would take that as the Knicks, again, busting their ass in that second half of the season. Because I, I, it's not, it would not shock me one bit if this team missed the postseason. They're just not good enough to, to beat these top teams. And we saw that again with the Nets. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 228, right? 228, yeah, of the podcast. Uh, BD4 episode 227 was released on Monday night. I'm sorry, on Sunday night. Late, late Sunday night. Uh, we talked Yankees there. Uh, and we, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, broke down the fucking opening series against the Jays. Yankees picked up a victory tonight. It was good to see them bounce back against the uh, the Orioles. We'll obviously have an episode on that as soon as the series is over. But I mean, that's that's you know that's that with the Knicks. That's exactly all you really need to say in terms of why aren't they beating these clubs? They're just not good enough to beat these clubs. They're just not good enough. You know, maybe, maybe the the Almighty John Henson will help us out here. <laughs> we signed Henson, uh, I think, last night. I don't know, man. I just, you know, that's who they are. Speaking of, like, Knicks, Knicks and stuff, uh, they're, obviously, Roy Williams um, retired for the Tar Heels, and they were talking about the broadcast tonight. And I had to watch um, the uh, the taped version of the broadcast. I had to watch the DVR. I DVR the Nick game because I was watching the Yankee game, which came on at 6.30. And so after the Yankee game, I went to watch the tape of the Knicks game. Good thing is you could fast forward commercials and free throws and shit like that and timeouts. So, um, but I, I was watching the Nick game. They were talking about how I didn't know this. Um, what's uh, ex Nick Hubert Davis is going to replace um, Roy Williams? Roy Williams with the uh, uh, Tar Heels. You know he just retired from UNC. So, yeah, Hubie Davis is going to be the next head coach. Found that very interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, not much has gone on outside of that today. Just watched the fucking Yankees. Um, who pitched today? Montgomery pitched really good. Again, we're going to talk about the Yankees. They kept giving us these updates on Britain. It's like, like, like we, we don't care. Not to be, sound like a dick, we don't care. Let me know when he is back. They do this all the time. Let me know when the guys are back. Not when they're doing jumping jacks. Not when they're running laps and playing catch. And I don't. I do not care about Zach Britton's throwing program. I don't need to hear every time he runs on a treadmill. I don't need to hear this stuff. Just let me know. You know when he's coming back. Let me know if he's coming back. Is he coming back? Let me know. That's all I need to know. I don't need to hear step by freaking step what this guy is doing in his rehab process. We don't care. Okay, maybe those obsessive Gen Z, younger Knicks, uh, Yankees fans who are obsessed with the S Network and 
everything the Yankees do. Maybe, sure. But I just care about winning, losing. When am I going to get my big guns back? Just, I'm a straight to the point guy. And I'm so... I ranted on yes uh, last night in, the, uh, in, in 227. I don't want to go too much further. But, like, it's it's so frustrating. It's so annoying. Just let me know the one thing. Is he coming back? When's he coming back? Boom. That's it. Do not update me on these 15, 16 steps that one guy has to do before he returns. I don't care. He's on the DL. Let him, let him, let him just stop. I don't need the constant updates. Ugh. You know, Lou Gehrig, his, um, World Series bat from 1938 was sold for, it was like over a half, it was 715000 on Saturday in an auction. That's insane. 715000 it was Lou Gehrig's bat from 1938, the World Series, and it was from the 1938 World Series. One of the final bats that Gehrig ever used. That was from his second to last season, his his last full season. So it sold for seven fifteen k. There were twenty six bids for it. I heard. I was reading about this, and um, yeah, I think the the previous owner of the bat was Earl Combs, teammate Earl Combs. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. They also said that the original Yankee Stadium home plate from nineteen twenty three, you know, back in their first World Series run. That was also sold for 300k, a little over 300k. That was also sold in the auction this weekend. So, some pretty cool shit I was reading about there. What was it? A couple like weeks, a few weeks ago, maybe about a month or two ago, maybe. I got a terrible short-term memory. Um, something else was sold at an auction that I was really surprised. It was a lot of money too. We were talking about it on the show. I I, I got to go back and look, but it was something. Uh, see if I can look on my phone for it because I know I have it somewhere. There was it was it was let's see. Oh, it was Mickey Mantle's rookie card from 1952, and it sold. So Bleacher Report article it sold for 1.4 million dollars at an auction. Where did these people get this fucking money, man? <laughs> Jesus. Hmm. Now the good thing about um today, as much complaining as I just did. No, you know what? I was gonna say the good thing is I won my parlay, but no, the fucking the Bulldogs lost. I had a I had a parlay. I had Yankees on the run line. I had the Knicks, uh, the alternate plus nineteen and a half spread, and then I had the Bulldogs money line. But I, I hit two out of three, but I didn't get the Bulldogs because they got their shits beat. And I heard Suggs wasn't exactly lights out. So that sucks. So never mind. Yeah, I didn't see the national championship game. Unfortunately, I had the guy, uh, it's Yankees and Knicks first. Um, but I'm going to go watch some of the highlights and see what's up there. But yeah, I, I uh, can't ever get lucky with those three team parlays, can I? Hmm. Yeah, but you know. That's really much. That's that's really it. I, I try to uh, 
trying to bring some excitement to the show. Instead of just being boring and straightforward with traditional recaps, breakdowns of the Yankees, of the Knicks. The, um, oh, uh, Sam Darnold was traded earlier. Sammy California. Traded to Carolina for three draft picks. So, Jets are looking to get that quarterback from the draft. Uh, Zach something. The second pick, most likely. Because the Jags are going to tackle, uh, they're tackling, uh, what's his name? Clemson kid. Trevor Lawrence. So the Jets trade in Sammy California for three picks. But, you know, who knows? They trade their picks. That's, that's what they, they get rid of a lot of their picks. Darnold from 2018. So they just traded him. They traded, uh, Jamal Adams from 17. They traded another first round pick, uh, Darren Lee from 16. Uh, the 2015 pick, they traded, you know, Leonard Williams. Um, Calvin Pryor was traded. They cut one of their kids from the, a couple of guys from the 2013 first round they, they got rid of. Um, Sheldon Richardson, they traded him. <laughs> they cut a kid from the 2011 draft. Uh, they cut Muhammad Wilkerson. They have a lot of draft picks from that first round who they've gotten rid of. <laughs> so, we'll see what they do with this kid. Yeah, I'm a Giants fan, but I, I'm not like the biggest football fan. I just saw that on on the um, ticker while I was watching ESPN. Now I watch ESPN only when there's a game on. I don't give a fuck to watch Sports Center or any of those stupid ass uh, media shows. Those those shows that they do for ratings. What's that show with Stephen A. and uh, Kellerman and uh, Karam? Ugh. That's awful. That's so awful. That's that's worse than the Bayless one. But I think that's on Fox. Yes, I just don't watch that shit. <laughs> but I saw Darnold was traded when I was watching when I was watching the uh, Twins game. And Nelson Cruz, man, this guy's what fifty fucking years old, and he's still hitting dingers left and right. He's just as productive as ever. He's, uh, I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You look at his career, the longevity. The, the, how productive he's been for that long. Talk about consistency. Dude hit a grand slam today. It was, And then he hit a, another home run. A line drive grand slam. And then he hit a towering homer. Yeah. Pineda pitched yesterday to open up. Or not to pitch the second game maybe for the Twins. I heard he pitched really good. I was hoping he would turn into something for New York. But never did. All right, let's head to our first break. Uh, I don't want to waste any more time. Um, yeah, when we get back, we'll just dive into some of the things with the Knicks lately. Uh, we'll go over the game against the Pistons really quick, and then we'll go over this this Nets Nets debacle. All right, plug time. Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog 
or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. You know, we were talking about ESPN, and I saw the thing lately. I think it was uh, a couple of days ago, maybe Paul Pierce got fired from ESPN after posting some interesting Instagram videos. <laughs> I loved Paul Pierce. All, all, all glory to him, man. Good for him. I hated him as a player, don't get me wrong, but he's, he's pretty funny to watch. He tells, they call him the truth for the reason ESPN was triggered. They're very hypocritical, ESPN, to tell you that. Jesus. Alright. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know if tonight's game was on ESPN. I know it was. I watched. I watched it on the home network MSG, but I don't know if you know Nick's Nets. They may have. It may have. Been, it may have been on ESPN, but it was. It was a Monday. Monday night game, so yeah, probably not. But nonetheless, um, before we touch on the Nets, I want to go. You know, this Pistons game. Uh, really quick, because it was just a blowout. Um, not a fun game to watch. It was the, the Knicks doing what they were supposed to do. You know, it was. Uh, 125 to 81 victory in Detroit. Um, you know, a strong bounce back, a 44 point victory. And, you know, I, by the way they were going in that first quarter, I thought this game was going to be a fucking 150 to nothing. <laughs> I mean, they were off. And I always play that game. I always play that game. Whenever I see lopsided scores, I always try and use like you know, mental telepathy, I guess. Um, and hold the opponent under a certain amount of points. I was hoping that we could hold them to 60 the entire game. I was, you know, I was doing the math. I kept keeping track, you know, 30 per half. But if they hold them to 35 per half, that's still under 70. I was trying to, yeah, but it ended up you know, 125-81, still a 44-point blowout. And um, a great night. Uh, the starters, the starters were tremendous. It was a really good night for the first unit. You had Peyton, RJ. Both of them bouncing back. Uh, Julius, huge bounce back. Reggie Bullock, his best scoring game of the season. He goes for 22 points, 6 for 10 from 3-point distance. Um, Randall, 29 points, 8 boards, 3 assists. Um, RJ, 14 points, but on 5 of 7 shooting. Alfred Payton, 16, I'm sorry, 11 points, 6 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, one of those games that I was saying, like, so we had a good game, but it was one of those games I was saying where it had people going, like, it had people going, you know, if he can do this more often, I won't hate him, you know, doing that shit again. It's like, no, he's not going to. That's just how it works, people. That's who he is. Learn it. I mean, look at his performance tonight. This is his career. Look at how he's playing. This is how it works. Bad players will have nights, maybe even stretches from time to time where they look credible. That's how it works. Not everybody, there's no player in the history of the NBA who's going to be bad every single night of his career. You're going to have good stretches, good games. That just happened to be one of those nights for Peyton where he had 11 points on 12 shots and then he had uh, six boards, nine assists, a couple of steals on a block. So, no, don't, don't, don't. Every time he does, every time he does something like that, we go nuts. Some people do. Um, it was a good game. Knicks 54% from the flea. Uh, field and floor, I was going to say. From the field, 
49% on three-point shooting, um, attempting 39 of them, so that was good. Uh, 31 assists on their 43 makes. Another good night with just seven turnovers, so efficient ball movement. Uh, ball movement was a lot freer than usual. It was faster. The Knicks looked like they had it going offensively. Um, first quarter comes, it was, you know, Julius Randle and Reggie Bullock each hitting a pair of threes. Um, and RJ Circus make in the middle of that. And the Knicks go up, what, like fucking 14 nothing. Um, then you had a 16-1 lead. And then the Pistons finally make their first shot with about 6.51 to go. And Killian Hayes finds uh, Diallo up court for a dunk. Um, but that you know, Pistons only go on to make fifty to score fifteen points in that period. Uh, the Knicks with forty-one, uh, and Randall and Bullock scoring thirty-two of those points. So big first quarter to get them off to a hot start, and that you know looked like they were going to keep pushing and end this game before halftime. But second quarter comes, and a few minutes in, D Rose hits a jumper, um, pulls up from the mid-range area, puts the Knicks up thirty points, but. They kind of get laid back a bit. They get a little too comfortable with that lead. You know, the ball movement slows down. R.J. Barrett not really getting some looks at all. Uh, Randall gets a, you know, he, he fouls Grant there on that final possession of the half. Then gets the technical. So that's three free throws in a row. And that pulls Detroit within 19 before halftime. So kind of laid off a little bit. And if you've watched this Knicks team of late, you know, they've had some performances where they haven't exactly stepped on the pedal, so it did concern you a bit. Um, but the third quarter came, and they went right back at it and got hot. So, you know, you had Randall and Bullock getting hot, scoring 15 of those 28 points for the Knicks in the quarter. Um, they outscored the Pistons by 8, and they entered their fourth up 88-61. to 61. So, fourth quarter was just a bunch of, you know, garbage time. You gave the reserves their minutes. Um, yeah. And you have to, I guess you got to credit Tibbs for that. You know, clap for him there. He finally rested his starters for an entire period. So that was good. Um, you got some solid OB minutes for a second night in a row. Third night in a row if you count tonight's Nets loss. Um, Knox got hot from three-point distance. He was three for three at the end there. Hopefully he could shoot himself back into the rotation. But tonight, not in a single minute. Uh, Frank made an appearance. Theo Pinson sighting at the end there. Um, Norvell Pell debuted, dislocated his finger, laughed it off, went on to block two shots with that same hand. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, Taj was fabulous. Uh, 11 points, five boards, two steals, two blocks in 21 minutes. He's been a real positive player this year. Um, yeah, I mean, that was it. You know, I love the defense. I, I love the guard play. You know, and again, if I'm going to criticize Peyton 99% of the time, deservingly so, I got to give him credit for this game against the lowly Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, he was manipulating the defense all night. You know, when when the defense let up on him, he would attack, and you know, when they played on him, he created for others. So he was he was playing a good point guard. Um, you know, driving into the paint, and instead of trying to take contested shots. You know, against the opponent's bigs, he was looking for shooters in the corner and looking for looking for open men. So, nice night for Peyton. I didn't exactly prefer him taking 12 shots 
to RJ7 if he wasn't going to shoot well and RJ was. That's never fun. Um, but, you know, one of his better performances. IQ and Rose were 6 for 12 combined. They had nice nights. In that fourth quarter, IQ started getting some garbage time buckets, showing his elusiveness, getting to the line, had a nice Euro step. Um, and again, Randall bounces back, and he's done this every year. He always responds to a crappy game with a big one. And that's kind of what separates the good players from the very good ones right there. So that, that was the game. That was really it, and I don't want to go on too long because it's just, you know. I want to get to this Nets loss, which... Again, I, I watched not live, so I didn't exactly, and and, and I knew the result before the game ended. My buddy texted me and told me they lost, like, halfway through the first quarter. So I was like, oh, thanks. But um, I didn't expect them to win anyway. So let's head to break, and uh, we'll talk about this Nets loss. And Reggie going into this one, <laughs> calling the Knicks the Big 15. I think Actually, I think it was Randall who corrected him under his breath. Reggie said the Big 5 in that presser after the win against Detroit. Randall goes, no, it's the Big 15. <laughs> uh, no, they lost. <laughs> Ain't no Big 15 tonight, especially when Tibbs ain't going to play all 15. Running 9, 10 deep. Um... Another night where the Knicks just can't beat a good team, like we said at the top of the show. And I love how, like, right away, at the top of the show, uh, at the top of the fucking game, here comes Clyde with the MSG propaganda. Peyton's defense is why he's starting. You know, this is why he's starting, because you got to defend Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Powerful backcourt. And, like, not even a minute after he says that, maybe a minute, minute and a half tops after he says that, you get Irving going baseline on Peyton's bitch ass for an N1. <laughs> it's, 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 in that last one of those final plays of the game, we'll get to that, but I'm just so tired of it. Like, stop with the narratives. Uh, you don't even believe that, Clyde, do you? Or are you just going with an old man narrative here? Defense. Like, stop. Stop. I was actually surprised. Uh, but it was Breen earlier tonight. Actually admitting. Saying Peyton forces too many shots in the paint sometimes when the defenses swarm on him. He actually said that on the broadcast. And I was very shocked. Because you, know, you never hear them saying criticize the guy at all um but yeah he said that and i was like wow <laughs> but yeah the knicks lose to the nets um 114 112 final score rj barrett led him points 22 uh, he was four for six from three point distance good to see that he's been hitting the three all year um randall triple double 19 15 12 his fourth of the season reggie another big night 21 points on five triples uh, Derek Rose, 16 points, but he did struggle in that second half. Um, 
Jeff Green, he's a Nick killer. 20, 23 points for him. He had 40 points to Irving. Uh, and, you know, the defensive stalwart, Alfred Payton, waving him off, uh, or waving off the help there um, with about a minute left on Irving. And then right after that, he gets fucking torched from three. Kyrie hits that big three, that dagger, and it puts the Knicks down five. You know, Peyton waving off. Why, why, why are you waving off the help? Oh, because he's a defensive stalwart. Got it. That's, that's what Clyde says. Right? Um, and the Knicks missed that key rebound late. You know, Joe Harris misses. They can't get the keyboard. Who gets it? Jeff fucking Green. And they foul Green. He hits the free throws. Randall here has a shot to tie the game in the final seconds. Pulls it up. No. Off the iron. You know, he's been inconsistent for for a good while now. He's not exactly been that Randall from the first half. Um, is it concerning me? You know, we were talking about throwing the guy in the bag after the first half. I'm not quite saying that right now, but we'll see. We have to finish out the year. I'm just not impressed with his performances of late. But again, this guy is getting 40 fucking minutes a night. He's gassed. He's got, he was 7 of 19 tonight. Since the break, he's had a lot of up and down games where his shooting performances have varied from 50% to under 40%. From 50% to under 40%. And again tonight, 7 of 19. Um, but you could just see it. Breen even said this. You, know, you, you see him just walk up. You know, he, he's very slow. He, you could see how he's slower up and down the court um, than he was in that first half. He just seems very gassed. And I get it. He has to do all the work on some nights, a lot of the work. On most nights, um, he just didn't have it there. Um, he had the triple-double, and without Randall, the Knicks probably get blown out. But, yeah, it sucks to see him kind of uh, regress a little bit here. We have to see what happens the rest of the way. But I, I didn't love his performance, offensively at least, tonight. Um, yeah. You know, when Peyton got burnt on that Kyrie 3, I'm thinking another game goes by where we get torched by a, a wing or a guard and Frank Nilakina picking up another DNP CD. Still don't want to go Frank, huh, coach? I mean, Peyton ain't exactly... Peyton's not a great defender, no matter what you say. And if you're going to argue that Frank's offense isn't good enough to be on the NBA floor, Peyton ain't exactly fucking Steph Curry either, man. You're getting torched by these guys. These these guards dropping four. Kyrie Irving scored the ball every fucking time he had the ball in his hands. He scored a basket every single time he had the ball in his hands. Don't you think if you had Nilakina in this game, even for 12 minutes, that there would have been somewhat of a different result here? There could have. I mean, with these preset rotations, guy, we say it every single time. We're so repetitive, but it's it's. What else are we going to talk about? They're fixed rotations. They're just, they just don't do it, man. It doesn't work. You got to do something here. 
with what Irving has done to this Knicks team, don't you think Frank could have made a difference defensively tonight, putting him on him? You could have tasked Frank with Kyrie, with Harden, before he went down after the first quarter. It would have made a difference, I'm telling you. I mean, Peyton ain't exactly an offensive... He, had, he scored eight points tonight on ten fucking shots. He had one assist, and he gets 22 friggin' minutes. You're telling me we couldn't get production out of Emmanuel quickly tonight? If you gave him ten more minutes, he played ten less minutes than Peyton tonight. I mean, Tibbs has no faith, no faith in these young guys. Time and time again, we see it. What good does that do for the future? They're going backwards. IQ. Knox. Out of the rotation. Obi. Third game in a row, he was pretty productive. Still doesn't get really anything. No run. Not rewarded for his strong play. Frank. Not even a minute tonight. In the game, we could have used that defense. You played the best offense in the league. I mean, how could you how could you sit there and tell me we wouldn't be at least somewhat in a different position if we give some of these young guys more run against these top teams? And yeah, they might not be panning out right now, right? Knox doesn't exactly look like a lottery pick. Obi doesn't look like a 23-year-old out there. Frank doesn't look like a lottery pick. Sure. But you don't know without playing them. These guys need a little more time out there. You know, a situation. Frank has become a situational defender. That's it. But you're not even using him in those situations anymore. IQ's been a really good scorer from you for this team. But you don't play him enough, so sometimes he can't even generate offense. And he he knows he's got a short leash. So during those nights where he struggles, he's probably forcing him because of that, because he knows he's going to get pulled any second. And we wait so long. In that third quarter, man, we waited so long to make that adjustment. We wait so long to adjust this lineup. I mean, there, there were three minutes left in that third quarter. The Knicks were up seven points. Kyrie was on the bench. And we still enter the fourth trailing this game. The Nets had all the momentum. Just from three minutes, we didn't even, they didn't even have a star on the floor. We couldn't get it done. Sticking with the starters, stubborn rotations, and because of that, we have to go down to the final possession again. And, and again, what do we do? Same old shit. We draw up an isolation on the perimeter for Julius Randle. It's not like he's been Mr. Clutch this year. He's, he's not been terrible in the clutch. He's hit it a shot or two towards the end, but he's not exactly been the best. I mean, Burks was going. He's been making big shots for us. He hit that shot with 25 seconds left to tie the fucking game. He should have got something there. I would have given him the final shot. If you want to go youth, R.J. Barrett was cooking in that fourth quarter. He had a good night. 23 points, efficient shooting. Or 22. You know? Bad, bad, bad decision there. It's like, all we know how to do is draw up an ISO for Julius. Tibbs' defense has been great, but he does not have an offense. He doesn't. He does not have an offense. I don't know. I, I just... I. 
you know, we're going through the rest of the season here and we're going to continue to continue to be like this. We're going to be talking about these games that we lose and it's always going to be against those top contenders. And we don't have many, we don't have, okay, let's fucking look at the schedule here. Cause I'm pretty fucking sure it's pretty tough the rest of the friggin' way. Oh, Tatis left the game early. I just saw. Uh-uh. All right, so. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be a piece of cake. All right, so we've got the Celtics tomorrow. Tough matchup. Then we've got the Grizzlies. They're in the hunt. Then we've got the Raptors. That's a beatable team. Then we've got the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Pelicans again, the Hornets, the Hawks. So those are all the Raptors. Okay, those are beatable teams. Suns and the Bulls. All right, so we have some kind of let up here, you know, for the remainder of the month. Then you got a lot. You got the Clippers. You got the Clippers, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Hornets, the Celtics in the month of May. All right, you know what? It's it's actually not as bad as I thought. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a lot worse than this. I thought it was a lot worse than this. All right, so still, you'll want to win these games. Um, it's a lot of teams in the hunt. It's not exactly a lot. I thought we had a lot more top conference teams, but apparently we don't. So, so you'll want to win games like this. Um, kind of changes my tone, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, just, just keep beating the teams you're supposed to beat and see where, where that takes you. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to have some more talent. Obviously they did nothing at the deadline. Um, in the summer, I'm hoping we can go after Alonzo. You know, I think we need someone like that, but we'll see. Gotta beat the Celtics. Gotta beat the Boston Celtics. And, um... I really thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. But, I mean, it's not like we have to be. There are some tough teams on that schedule. You know, Lakers twice. Clippers. But I think we're done with the Bucks. I think we're done with the Nets. So that's good. Those two teams are a pain in our ass. Done with the Sixers. So, okay, that's good. But yeah, these rotations continue to be the same. And honestly, I could go on for an extra half hour if I wanted to. But I just don't want this to become a repetitive thing. So we're going to cut it short here. Uh, we're going to get to the question of the day as soon as we get back from break. Be right back. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show.
<clears throat> all right yeah i mean there's there's not really a point to just go on forever um so actually leaves me on uh, again leave, leave it leaves me with kind of an optimistic tone here i really didn't think the schedule um wow i guess i kind of over exaggerated when i was thinking about it but it's not that difficult it's difficult but it's not as bad as i thought it was we've got the celtics that's a bad matchup but grizzlies they're in the hunt but they're not that great the raptors are beatable then we got the lakers pelicans pelicans are beatable mavericks are beatable the pelicans again the hornets are beatable especially without their top guns um the Hawks, we've beat them. The Raptors again. Suns are going to be a tough competition, but they're beatable. The Bulls, we can beat them. Another tough competition, but they're beatable. These are, the Rockets suck. The Nuggets are going to be tough. Yeah, we've got a okay. So we've got a stretch in mid-May or early May. Denver, Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers. That's not going to be easy. But with everything outside of that, if we can keep doing what we've been doing. We'll be, I think we'll be okay for this playoff run. It's crazy. I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was that, it was that different. I thought it was drastically worse. Um, but yeah, it's funny how the narrative changes so quickly with this fan base too. As soon as the Knicks lose a game, this guy sucks. He's not as good as he, we thought he was. Don't bring him back. Never do this. It's everything gets so negative, but uh, we'll see. So hopefully we can bounce back against the Boston Celtics. And I just don't want this fucking loser starting point guard anymore. That was mean. It's not Peyton's fault. He's just not good. It's it's, it's Thibodeau. And just sticking with the starters too long in games. Never adjusting these lineups. He's just too, just too stubborn. Doesn't give the youth a shot. Kevin Knox is a good three-point shooter. He would help. Frank Nilakina is an excellent situational defender. He would have helped tonight. But here we are. So we're 25 and 26. Hopefully we can even back the record on Wednesday. Um, that's it for episode 227. Let's get to the question. Or 228. 228. Let's get to the question of the day. All right. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty funny, man. I really didn't think it was, it was that easy. Or that, that much easier. Alright. Last time out, I asked you, when was the last time the Yankees scored two runs or less in an opening day loss? The answer to that question, it was 2015. 2015 was the last time the Yankees scored less th or two runs or less in an open day loss. So this year was the first time they've done that since 2015. Tonight's NYY NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor. Best way to make a podcast. Go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app. Tonight's question. Who did the Knicks defeat in the final game of the 1988 regular season? to qualify for the playoffs. Alright, so in the final game of the 1988 regular season, the Knicks just made it into the playoffs by beating this team. Who was that team? 
So message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or comment the answer once I publish the link or the promo to this podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 228 of the podcast BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. You can find us on YouTube if you want to watch the podcast, or you can listen to us on all the platforms that you go to to listen to your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor. All those platforms. So, um, yeah, that's it. You want to follow me on social media, you can do that too. You want to subscribe to the blog that I write on the Yankees and the Knicks, you can do that too. All that information is on my link tree, link uh, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. And that's that, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. And it's actually not the end of the world. I really, really, really want to apologize because I thought, this fucking schedule is a lot tougher than it is. It's it's a doable schedule. So let's take care of the Celtics. And let's bounce back. And hopefully... You know, the scary thing is that we are... We do have a top, what, top eight seed. But we are so close from being kicked out of the race. Just as close as we are from going back to that fourth spot. Like, it's so thin. Every team is so close to each other. So I guess that's what's scary. But we have a squad that can that can get there, so hopefully we can at least do that. And we'll, we'll ride with house house money here. <clears throat> all right. So thank you guys for stopping by. That's all I've got. I'm your host RJ Carbone. One last time. This is episode two twenty eight of the podcast of BD Four. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.